0: welcome to the prayers of rest podcast friends this is the kickoff for our fall season we are breaking free from spiritual strongholds, and to help us kick things off, I invited my friend Jennifer Dukes-Lee to come and join us. Um, I told her before I started recording, I didn't even pull up your bio. I'm just going to introduce you as my friend. We have met in real life multiple times, and her writing has ministered to me over the years. Uh, Jen is an author, a national speaker, um, an editor. She just does all the things. She's a mom and a wife, of a farmer and a former journalist too. So you're going to hear some of that coming out in our conversation. I told her, Jen, feel free to ask me questions um, because I would love for this to just be um, encouraging in your earbuds as you listen, whether you're washing dishes or going for a walk or you're on your commute to work, that you would just feel like you get to sit at the table with us, a conversation between two friends. Jen, thank you so much for joining us.
1: I was just going to say, too, a conversation between two friends, and that's exactly how I'm picturing it now. It's exactly how I'm picturing whoever is listening to us right now that we just invite you to the table. We're really excited to have you here. Asherita, I am so stoked and deeply humbled that I get to be the first person as you explore this very, very important topic. So thank you.
0: Yeah, so you came to mind. You know, every time we start a new season as a team, we we pray over the topic, we pray over how to structure it, over the themes of each week's prayers. Um, but as I was thinking about, okay, who can help me kick off this season? Uh, your the name came to mind because y- your recently launched book is different from any other books you've written before, um, and I love just. Okay, I'm going to let you talk about it because you can probably do do a better service than I can. But just this idea of being honest with God, um, we have explored that in previous seasons. What comes to mind is um, praying through hard emotions, um, praying through tricky relationships. Both of those previous seasons had us just getting gut honest with God about things that we don't usually Feel like we can talk about in prayer, like somehow we need to be polite in our prayers. <laughs> um, and so this theme has come up before. I would love, um before we jump into like the actual theme for this fall season, tell us a little bit about Stuff I'd Only Tell God and why you put this together.
1: Yes. So thank you. Uh, Stuff I'd Only Tell God is my latest. Project, unlike anything else I've written before. Other books I've written are like actual what are called trade books with lots of words and chapters and stories and all that sort of thing. But this is a guided journal. So it's me asking the questions and you on the other end providing the answers about your life. So it's a guided journal of courageous honesty, obsessive truth telling, and beautifully ruthless self-discovery and all those things are important as we explore spiritual strongholds as we explore who we want to be going forward as we think about the generational things that have been a part of our past and maybe even our ancestors lives like how do we move forward in freedom with christ and that's going to look really different for a lot of people so the journal has a lot of really in-depth and sometimes really honestly some hard questions in there for you to answer and to get honest before God. But it really creates a deeper intimacy with the Lord so that you can hear from him. And so you can begin to see that no matter what you tell him, you can still trust him. He's not going to walk away from you when you get gut level honest with him. But then also, Asherita, as you turn the pages of stuff I'd only tell God, there's quite honestly a lot of really wild, wacky, weird, whimsical, silly questions (laughs) that just will make you laugh. And you know what? I think that is so important because as we deal with the heavy and as we dig deeper in our Christian walk, I think sometimes, you know what, we just need to give ourselves a little bit more permission to have fun as Christians. God is a God of delight. So I wanted to make space for that too. I wanted this to be a holistic approach to thinking through our lives. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I love that. And I think, you know, it's so encouraging to me um, to think through the Psalms and how honest david and the other psalmists are like just throwing up his arms and saying how long god like how long is this going to keep happening and i feel like that level of honesty um is something rare in today's churches for us to just tell God exactly what is in our hearts. Now, this is not to say that we don't have appropriate reverence and respect and honor for God. Like, we absolutely do. I have this conversation with our kids right now for bedtime prayers. Like, they're stretched on their back. They're picking their noses. They're, like, doing all the things, and it's like, okay, God, like, guys, I'm happy that we you're feeling comfortable with God. Um, and, and yet there's also this balance of, of we're called to have Holy reverence and fear and at the same time he wants to hear it all he he knows everything already so it's not like we're doing him a favor by holding back he wants to hear it uh and how much more because he's a good good father does he invite us to come and bring all that stuff to him
1: yeah i love how you brought up david and the psalmist because when you're reading through the psalms it is like you're reading the diary entries of these guys, right? Like, I mean, and there's stuff in there. They're so gut level honest. Like, God, I just kind of want you to take out my enemies, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's some- Crash there's them some, against the rocks. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, how about you, Ashrita? Like, can you, like in your own journaling and in your prayer life, but What does that feel like? I mean, how honest do you think that you can get with God? And how honest do you? I feel like I'm still learning even mm-hmm. how to get more honest with God.
0: Yeah. Well, I think when I'm journaling my prayers um, is an opportunity to really kind of excavate the depths of what's going on. But I can't quite turn off that part of my brain that says, someone might someday read this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I'm hearing this a lot
0: lately. <laughs> Um, so I feel like I am honest with God, but I might just kind of polish how I say things in my prayer journal. Um, but over the past three or four years, I have, um, I feel like I've invited God's spirit to search me. Oh God, like shine your light, show me where am I going wrong? What is really underneath, um, and some sin struggles that I used to think like, oh, that's not a struggle for me. Like anger, I I didn't struggle with anger. And then I had kids, <laughs> uh, judgmentalism, right? I'm not a judgy person until God's Spirit shows me just how judgy I am all the time. Um, and some things, Jen, that just feels like, why are we still struggling with this? Like, how many times have I written this in my prayer journal? How many times can I keep confessing? The same sin struggles over and over again. Like, how patient can God still be? Or is He up in heaven rolling his eyes at me? Like, I can't believe we're going over this terrain again. I
1: know. Isn't it something, though, that, you know, you think about gods of other, you know, religions, how these gods don't allow a space for continually dealing with this stuff and the invitational nature of God, so invitational, in fact that he's like, you know what, I'm going to come down into it with you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Jesus did that, that he would come that close to our brokenness, to to walk through every ache, to walk through every temptation, to to walk through sorrow and betrayal, and all those things that we might get so honest about in our journals, um, that's unheard of in other religions. And to me, that is the mark of our God, is that he comes down in this way to to be both God and human and saying, I'd like to get that close to whatever it is you're struggling with. He's, he's granting us some really great permission in that space of honesty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And not only man, I was, there's a lot of Psalms where David has this imagery of like, you reached down Mm. and, and caught me. But Mm -hmm. there are also a few Psalms where it's like when the bottom gives out and you fall through, and you reach the depths of despair, God is there.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: He doesn't have to reach into the hole. He is in the hole with you. Uh, yeah. it's just beautiful imagery. And Psalm 139 comes to mind where David mm-hmm. says, you know, where shall I go that your spirit is not there? Like, there's nowhere I can go. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, with this fall season, the the scripture that has really been inspirational for setting this whole thing up. And I want to take some time to read it through, and then we're going to move into talking about the, the theme of our fall season. This is Isaiah 61. Just in, in the spirit of, you know, Jen, you were comparing what other religion has this kind of a God. Um, I just found such comfort that, that this is our God. This is our Jesus. So Isaiah 61 verse 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, generations. So okay, we're we're going to dive into this, but the reason that we are praying through spiritual strongholds and breaking free of them this fall is because this past spring we prayed through the armor of god which i thought well that would be fun right like i have pictures from sun like in my head from sunday school well like back when i was a little girl this um felt board with like the roman soldier that had the breastplate and the shield and the helmet and all that and um For the longest time as a christian i was kind of confused about like what does it mean to put on the armor of god um and judy dunnigan a dear friend my acquiring editor at moody um shared with me and i read this elsewhere since then um that when you think of the armor of god picture that every single part of it is the person and work of jesus Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's how we prayed through the armor of god this spring we we just worshiped and adored Jesus for who he is as our armor. And putting on that armor, um, well, before we started recording, Jen, you yes. got super excited when I said I did. this. And yeah, I said, wait, I wait, wait, save excited. it for when we
1: record. It's like, it definitely falls into the category of God thing because um, when the girls were younger, and especially in their teen years, um, our one of our daughters faced in particular a lot of uh, spiritual warfare. It's a long story. But she was under a lot of spiritual warfare. And I told the girls, and this one, this child in particular, pray the armor of God over yourself. I'm like, as much attention as you give to what you put on in the morning, like what shoes and like this pair of pants is going to go with this sweater and, you know, like what you're putting in your ears, like your earrings and all that, like think about putting on the armor of God, every single piece of it. And it was a really important way of just coming before the Lord and saying, look, I need to suit up. I need to armor up with you. And and that's more important than actually what I'm going to physically wear. So that really connected with my teenage girls. And so it just kind of went on that way. Well, the other day I got a FaceTime from our daughter, Anna, She's in Guatemala right now. She's serving on mission for two months. And uh, she was outside washing her clothes by hand as they do there. And she's scrubbing the clothes. And she says, Mom, I'm going to tell you about the clothes. And I'm going to tell you about the armor of God. And remember when you told me to put the armor of God over every piece of my body? Well, that's what I've been doing because I've been facing a lot of spiritual warfare down here. I have no doubt about it. When you go on mission and you serve like that, sometimes, you know, the enemy is going to shoot those flaming arrows. And she said, I just was, I was just felt, I felt a heaviness on me and I remembered what you said to do. And so what she did then is um, she used the first letter method of scripture memorization, where you take, you know, F for finally, B for B, S for strong and so on to memorize that chunk of Scripture, because when she got up and prepared for the day in the morning, she knew she needed to suit up. So this has been her mantra um, as she's moving into this this uh, ministry opportunity, and it's such a God thing. But even more than that, it's such a powerful thing for all of us to do as we get ready in the morning, like to put on the full armor of God. Like imagine it on our bodies and our spirits
0: yeah uh, it's such an incredible practice. and you know, as we were praying through the armor of God, I love that you shared that that you know, just like a side note that the seeds that we plant in our children like will bear fruit, even yeah. if it's over many, many years. um but you know, as we're praying, putting on the armor of God, um believing in faith that we live victoriously, right? That we are no longer slaves to sin, that we do not have to. Um, live in defeat. Um, But as we were wrapping up that spring season, I just kept wrestling with this idea of like, well, why do we keep living in defeat? Um, Why do I keep journaling about the same patterns of sin over and over again? Like what is going on here? It has to be something more than just putting on the armor of God. And um, okay, this is my like public Confession to our podcast listeners. Um, I procrastinated recording these prayers for the fall season for two weeks. Uh, Kendra, our producer, kept checking in with me, like, Are they recorded yet? Are they done yet? Like, she's so sweet and patient. Uh, But I just couldn't bring myself to record these prayers of uh, breaking free from temptation traps and breaking free from pride and breaking free from doubt and fear and shame. Um, because Jen, this is like the gut level truth. I felt like I'm not there yet. Like I'm, I'm still in the process of breaking free. Um, and I was talking to my husband, Flavio, just kind of processing with him. Like, why am I wasting time on YouTube instead of recording these prayers? Um, because I feel like a fraud, trying to lead others into a space of freedom um, when I'm still walking this out day by day. And he was so kind and wise to say, you know, you're not the one leading them into victory. <laughs> you're the mm. one pointing them to Jesus. And he is the one who breaks chains. And he's the one who's doing that in your life. And so you get to record the prayers. And and this is what I did. I'd, I'd, I'd pray and I'd cry out, God, make this true in my life. Like even as I'm... Re- declaring in faith that you are the one who sets us free. Would you continue to set me free? Um, and so I just want to say that to our, our podcast listeners. As you're listening to the prayers this fall, I'm not praying as one who has arrived. <laughs> I am your sister in arms saying, I'm walking this out with you. We are in this spiritual warfare together. Um, But let us, I'm I'm thinking of Hebrews 12, like, let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that has been set before us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. No one else, any other influencer, any other Bible teacher is going to fail you. (laughs) Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the writer of Hebrews says, let us consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that we might not lose heart and grow weary. And it's that last part, the losing heart and growing weary, that I think is probably the biggest challenge with spiritual strongholds. Is that God could set us free overnight. Like, He could just snap His fingers, Mm -hmm. and in a moment, we would not struggle with certain things. But um, I'm going to bring Beth Moore into this (laughs) because she has been an inspiration to me in, in my journey. That she writes that oftentimes God involves us in the warfare, in the process of breaking free, so that we would learn to depend on Him. Because if you just set us free oh, in a moment, we would likely fall into another trap. <laughs> but in the the resting in Him, partnering with Him, learning to keep turning to Him, we get to know Him more. We grow in dependence on His power and strength in our lives, so that when that day finally comes that He does break us free, or maybe it's just a whole lifetime like process of breaking free, that we would be completely devoted to him. Uh, Jen, I know you have a love for Beth Moore and her studies as well. I wonder if there's anything um, in your life that you've you've had to process through this gradual breaking free, learning to depend on him.
1: Yeah. um, When you were talking about that, I was actually thinking about a Beth Moore quote. I think it's from her all my knotted up life memoir, I'm not sure. But she says, I finally realized I needed to break free from breaking free. And I can't remember exactly the context that she's speaking of in that way. But that's the way I can say that I've felt. Like I'm constantly trying to break free. And how do I break free from always having to break free? And I don't know (laughs) if I am. I mean, I don't know if I can fully, like in some things, um, You know, it feels a little bit like the thorn in one side like the thing that I'm constantly dealing with. And I've come to some level of peace, not to like embrace my sin or anything like that, but to realize that my um, need to break free keeps me very, very close to Jesus. Like that keeps me coming back to Him, weak and empty and needy before Him. And one area that I struggled with that I wanted to break free from for over a decade maybe actually closer to 15 years was doubt like intellectual doubt about mm-hmm. who jesus was like i wasn't even honestly convinced that he ever even walked the earth so then you know that created all kinds of doubts obviously that he died on a cross and rose for my sin so i was in this deep dark place of constantly saying god if you're real if jesus is real like show me something like do something make it real to me and it was like i heard crickets Like, like, come on, like you say that, that, that you're going to like reveal yourself to people and that you're going to be present. And I don't feel you. Like, I don't know if I believe the stuff that I was taught in Sunday school that I heard in church Sunday after Sunday, after Sunday, I just don't know if I believe it. And I used to be so brokenhearted over that after I did come to a saving, believing, fully sold out believer in Jesus Christ, I'd sometimes say to God, Why? Why would you allow that? I was your child, like begging for you to be real in my life. And it took me many more years to realize that that became a part of my ministry. Mm. Like the thing that people often come to me for because I'm so public about how I doubted all those years was I don't know what to do because I'm not sure I believe that God is real. I'm not sure I believe that He's kind. I'm not sure I believe about a lot of things about God. And so now I'm a safe place. It's become a Key part of my ministry, even like a key part of my parenting. So, those things that just look like they're constantly in the way and that might even be co- causing pain and anguish in your life right now could very well be the thing that God uses later on to minister to other people in your everyday life.
0: Hmm. You know, I found that to be true in my own life, but um, it's oftentimes in the place of pain and desperation and. I don't want to be going through this, God. Why am I going through this? Um, and many of the seasons on this podcast have come out of that own space in my life of, of wrestling through these things with God. And I think of what Paul says, like, the God of comfort has comforted you so that you can be a comfort for those who need comfort <laughs> like in, in His kindness and goodness. He uses the work in our lives to serve one another, to serve the body of Christ. And um, it that, that encourages me, Jennifer, for you to share like it was 10 or 15 years because some of these I'm like, how long, Lord, how long am I going to keep wrestling this thing until we wrestle it to the ground? Um, but God's timeline is not our timeline.
1: Right? <laughs> I mean, I feel like every single book I've written so far comes out of a pain point something that I needed to break free from. So I wrote a book about struggling with approval because I struggled with approval. I wrote a book about um, if it was okay to be happy because I just didn't know what I thought about happiness as a Christian. I wrote a book about um, control because I was a control freak, right? Like he I'm not saying you that everybody listening right now needs to go buy a book, but I mean, you just walk into like an AA room and it's alcoholics who are helping other alcoholics you you know it's breast cancer survivors who are helping breast cancer survivors it's widows who are walking alongside widows like whatever the pain is is where god intersects with your life to help somebody else and as you said to comfort those that in the same way that god comforted you
0: mm, yeah so you know as we're looking at this fall season um just praying friends i'm i'm bringing you in on this conversation around this table you know whether it's um that you are asking God to help you break free from addiction, or spiritual apathy, or pride, or fear, or insecurity—like whatever it is that that thing is—even it feels if it feels like it's been years, God, how much longer? Um, one way that I have reframed reframed that prayer in my own life is, God, however long it takes, whatever it takes that you would do this work in my heart, uh, that you would uproot this stronghold. Do whatever it takes. Take however long it takes. I'm in this with you. Like I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm not gonna just lay flat on my back and say, well, oh well, what shall we do? Let's just keep on sinning. Let's just keep on keeping on. Like, no, I'm gonna by your grace and strength stay in this battle, in the heat of the battle as long as it takes for you to do this work in me. Um, And oftentimes those prayers also take the form of praying into my children's lives and into the generations to come. Uh, Jen, you have this quote in the intro of your book. You say, life will never make sense until we get curious enough to ask good questions. And that made me think of another quote from Beth Moore. I keep bringing her up because it's Mm -hmm. her book, Praying God's Word, that first taught me, how to pray God's Word in many ways. She's like the grandma of the Prayers of Rest podcast because we pray scripture here. And I learned how to do that by reading through and praying through her book, Praying God's Word. Um, But she says, sometimes God won't set us free until we first understand how we got entangled in the first place. So that when we see those warning signs in the future, we might steer clear of them. And in your book, Jen, you have these reflective questions that make us look back, help us understand, like, how we got stuck. Um, and also, I, I imagine there's an element of saying, like, at, at least in my prayer life, I pray through these things and say, Lord, may they stop with me.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: if there is generational sin that has been passed down through the generations, let it end here. Um, what what role has like question and answer and an honest journaling what what role did that play in your life
1: yeah so um as a chronic doubter um it was only when i began to interrogate really the bible in the same way that i interrogated news sources as a newspaper reporter that it really began to make any sense at all and i yeah. also encountered countered <clears throat> jesus who didn't like Walk away or run away from questions, but embrace them. You know, you think of doubting Thomas, and um, Jesus says, "You know, well look at my look at my hands, look at the scars here, or look at the look at my side." And I was like, "I'm doubting Jennifer," and so I can ask him questions too, and he's going to show me his hands and show me his side. And it was that um, approach toward Jesus that really brought me into deeper intimacy with him, and um, it made me understand God more. I have a lot to learn, but it also helped me understand my myself more. And a huge part of that and a huge part of the journal in Stuff I'd Only Tell God is this journey that I help uh, people go through their past. There's a section called Me and My Past. And there's another section called Me and My People, where you think about how people have influenced you for better or worse and how your past has brought you to the place that you are. And so, as it relates to strongholds uh, and stopping like generational curses, there's a section in the bi- in the book called "Let's Make a Genogram." A genogram is like a psychological family tree and you diagram the history of behaviors, personalities, and tendencies, and then you look at it to see the interplay of generations and consider what that means for you and the people who are going to come behind you, your kids, grandkids, anybody that you have an influence on, I guess. And so um, there's these pages where um, you look for details about your family, good and bad, about repetitive behaviors, their personalities, anger, habits. Did people struggle with alcoholism, unfaithfulness? But I, I really encourage people not to dwell on the bad, but to look for like who in your family maybe was particularly faithful to God or had a lot of curiosity who had a rich prayer life. And so you you put everybody's name on this tree and then when you get done with that, you go back and say, what patterns do I see in my genogram? And what do I want to carry forward? And that compels you to make some decisions about the you that you want to be. From here on out, hmm. it's yeah. powerful. It's a little scary. I don't know. Have you ever like, do you ever look back on your family line and see, "Oh, yeah, I see here now this thing I do, like whether it's good or bad, you're like, yeah, I, I can see this clear back,
0: yeah, yeah. My family and I um went to Romania for a month this past spring. And got to connect with multiple family members that I haven't seen in like 12 years. And in preparation for that trip, my I asked my mom to share with my daughters more of our family tree. And um, in those conversations, it's just such rich discussions. But what came out was both the good, like how many of my ancestors were powerful prayer warriors Um, And that that lineage continues through me and hopefully into my children. Um, Also, some of the sins. I'm like, whoa, how many generations is this going to keep repeating? Like, where is this going to end? And that makes me think of, you know, that that verse that I read earlier, uh, when the promised Messiah comes, when he's going to set people free and bring good news and proclaim liberty. It says in verse 4, They will build up the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations. They will repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Like, God is calling us to be the builders. Like, where Satan got a foothold in our family in previous generations, God is inviting us to partner with him to do a new work, to break down those strongholds and to build up a new city, a new spiritual legacy, for our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, that they would look back in their family tree and say, Mm -hmm. oh, grandma so-and-so or grandpa so-and-so, they were the ones who got serious about prayer. They were the ones who took seriously um, the, the sin that was in their lives. And that's where it ended, right there.
1: That is so powerful. Like As you are getting your preach on here, I'm literally getting God bumps all over my skin. That is so amazing. And I mean, so empowering. I think for anybody listening right now, and for me to think that that's that's God's hope for me. Like His hope is a healthy genogram moving forward. His hope is that I would, you know, create uh, with His help and His power, uh, crash down any strongholds and and build up something new. And you know, your your theme theme verse it, it makes that promise for us. That's that's our destiny. That's our future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What a good God we have Mm -hmm. that he is in the work of creating new things with us and in us. Oh man, this is going to be such a great season. I am excited for the work that God's spirit will be doing in our lives as we invite him into that, as we pray, we practice these prayers of rest to invite him to do that work in us. Um, I also want to say that you don't have to do this alone. (laughs) Like if you are struggling um, with addiction, with shame, with um, secret burdens that you've never shared of what's happened in the past, please, please, please seek out godly counselors.
1: Mm-hmm. Like God
0: has gifted the body of Christ with the gift of wisdom and discernment, um, with uh, medical training, and and you don't have to walk this road alone. Um, I also want to recommend Jennifer's book, Stuff I Only Tell God. Um, I think it would be such a great companion to this season as we're. Breaking Free from Spiritual Strongholds, um, as well as Beth Moore's books, uh, Mm -hmm. Praying God's Word, Breaking Free. Those are two of her books that um, I think would be just such great companions. Um, Prayers of Rest, the daily devotional that I wrote, you will actually find the written prayers (laughs) in that book. So if you have that book, the collection starts on page 228. Um, You can also go back and listen to the spring season of Armor of God. Um, That would be just a great way to kind of fill in the gaps between those weekly episodes. And then one resource that our our team created just for this fall season, uh, because as I shared, Breaking Free is not like a one and done, at least Mm -hmm. in my life (laughs) it hasn't been. It's it's practicing these prayers over and over again. Um, We created... Scripture memory cards and prayer cards, where I curated some of my favorite passages that deal with this topic of breaking free from spiritual strongholds so that you can have them at your fingertips at any time, even when you don't have earbuds to listen to the podcast. You can still pull up these um, memory cards and pray through them. So I hope you make use of those. Um, I am just so, so grateful. Jen, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for helping us kick off this fall season of the podcast.
1: Oh, I'm so honored. This is great. I'm like so stoked about it. And I want to like binge listen to like all of the ones that you did last spring. And I will be listening to all the ones to come this fall. Amazing. Great.
0: (laughs) Well, Jen, thank you. And let me just pray a blessing on us as we wrap up. Uh, This is our benediction from Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. And to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. You've been listening to the Prayers of Rest podcast, which is a production of One Thing Alone Ministries, helping you enjoy Jesus through creative spiritual habits. And if you enjoyed this episode, I hope you invite your friends to listen in, listen to this conversation with Jen, go follow her on Instagram, get her book, Stuff I'd Only Tell God, but also invite your friends and pray together through this fall season of the podcast. I truly believe that God wants to do an incredible work in your life to set you free, to set your feet on high ground, to do a new work in you and in your family and in the generations to come. Um, So invite your friends, take this time, pray together And um, I also just want to say a big thank you to our Patreon prayer partners. Um, I know I say this every week, but truly this podcast would not be possible without their generous financial giving. So thank you to those of you who give every month faithfully so that we can reach the nations with the hope of Jesus. And if you want to become a Patreon partner, you can do that by clicking on the link in the show notes or go to prayersofrest.com backslash Patreon. We would love to have you. We have lots of fun resources, monthly giveaways, um, so many things to help you grow in your prayer life and your giving helps support this podcast too. Thanks also to Angie Elkins for her editing assistance and Kendra Stanton for scheduling and producing this show. And thank you, listener, for being here today, for joining us. And until we meet again, may you find rest in God's loving presence.